The Chicago Photography Classes. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and this is the first episode for 2023, so Happy New Year. It is, I was just chatting to some of the guys in the office, it's our first day back, and I was speaking to Michael Laupsch, and it's like, hey, how was your New Year's? And he's like, yeah, just another year, and he's quite right with regards to nothing really changes, right? Everything's still there. If you had a headache, or no, cancel. If you had a rash the day before on the 31st, you're still going to have a rash the next day. If you had problems, they're still going to be there. But also, if you had good things, they're also still going to be there. So for me, I'm not a big proponent of the 1st of January being a catalyst for change. I uh, just don't think like that, never really have. But um, it's nice. It's a fresh feel to everything, I guess. It's nice to come to the office and see everybody. We have a new lady starting in the office today, uh, Randy. She's taking over some of our scheduled departures. So for you guys traveling with us now in the future, you'll get to know her. So yeah, all good. I had a great, great December break. I've uh, been working on the coaching side of things for quite a few weeks now. Uh, exciting things there, but that's for another podcast. For now, though, my last trip for 2022 was to Iceland. And then last minute, I added an extension into Chicago where I was speaking to Nick, and you'll hear Nick in the podcast coming up, but Nick is the owner and director of the Chicago, Chicago Photography Classes, and we ended up arranging a presentation on my way up to Iceland, which was great, and it was a good, well, lovely presentation, I love the place, but yeah, lots of interesting collab potential coming up, so make sure to check those out, make sure you keep an eye open, but... I met up with Nick, he just came back from his vacation, and I wanted to just chat to Nick a little bit to introduce the Chicago photography classes to you guys. I've been there three or four times now, and from a, from a photography school, photography club point of view, now, if you've been following for a while, you know that I have a certain feeling about photography clubs. It can be a bit of a shit show in that it's based on who's been there the longest, you're a five-star, you're a four-star, I find it complete horseshit, but that's just me. The from the very first moment I met Nick and I stepped into the the classes into the school, there's something special there. And I, and to me it's very similar. There are a lot of people who do what we do at Wild Eye, but when you walk into the office, there's an energy. There's something special. And the Chicago photography classes for me has been the same. And that just got reiterated for me when I was visiting there again in December. So in this first of many podcasts with these guys. Uh, Nick and I just have a chat to see who he is, where he came from, and just a bit of a background on the school. Now, we obviously at Wild Eye, we do education. We are fantastic at our situational teaching, which is in the field, do this now, there's a change, do this. And I would highly recommend you guys go and check out the Chicago photography classes. I'll put the link in the description. Uh, like I said, there's some interesting collabs we are working on. Make sure to check that out. If any of you from the school are listening, um, I hope I saw some of you there. Otherwise, working on getting back to you end of Feb. Uh, I have a workshop that I want to present for you guys. And also, Nick and I have something up our sleeves that we might want to launch then. So stay tuned. But anyway, more on that later. For now, though, here's my conversation with Nick Sinnott from the Chicago Photography Classes. Before we get in, this is the little bio that Nick just sent through to me. Nick is the owner and director of Chicago Photography Classes. He has taught all levels of photography for eight years and has written this curriculum for several classes, including the very popular Drips, Drops and Illusions workshop, as well as Lightroom in-depth seven-week class. As a photographer, he enjoys photogra photographing landscapes, sports, architecture, real estate, and his family of four and amazing wife. 
I'm sure Dexter, their dogs also in there. I met Dexter when I stayed over with Nick and them. Fantastic dog as well. So here's my conversation with Nick. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Nick, how are you doing, man? Great, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me be here. Absolutely, man. It's been, when did I meet you for the first time? Is it 2018, 19 somewhere? I think it was somewhere around there. It was probably, it was definitely pre-COVID. Uh, mm. I think the first time you came to Chicago was 2018. I think it was I, December 2018. Mm. Yeah. You know, we graced you with our wonderful weather here in Chicago. Gee, what, speaking of, what are you guys like now? Because I, I'm seeing news of, of Arctic weather blasts and things coming your way. What's happening there? It was uh, prior to Christmas, we had uh, quite the freeze. We had a negative 30 wind chill. Um, so that's negative 30 Fahrenheit mm-hmm. um, uh, wind chills uh, for about three, four days with some pretty good blizzard. Um, yeah. But actually right now it's 45 degrees, uh, pretty, pretty balmy for January uh, oh, wow. in Chicago. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, so that's not, not bad. Yeah, I mean, when I was there, I was I came straight to you guys for presentation, and I went on to Iceland. And Josh, one of your students from the school, was with me there. And there was one morning in particular where it was so cold at the on the last day that Josh came to me and said, "This feels like the UFC of photography." He's tapping out. He can't do this. And we had him <laughs> a banter. I said, "You're from Chicago, man. You should be able to do this." But no, it's. I mean, I love your city, the weather, and everything. I, I love the place. I can't get, get wait wait to get back there. But what I wanted to do today is just I want to introduce the people who listen to the podcast to yourself to the Chicago photo classes uh, because we've got some exciting stuff lined up into the future. But before we get there, who is Nick? Sure who is Nick? What does he do? Well, let me uh, let me start with talking. I think the most important part is kind of like the history of the school and where I fit yes. into it and uh, kind of go from there. Does that sound like a game plan? Sounds like a plan. So way back when Richard Stromberg actually founded the school back in the late 80s, early 90s, he was a photojournalist um, in Chicago, um, pretty well renowned. Um, and he he developed the school to develop more of a community. Um, and he led that through all the film years. He developed a huge darkroom, trained a lot of students in darkroom um, and editing and, and dodging and burning in darkroom. Mm. And he did that through, you know, into the digital age. I didn't come onto the scene of Chicago photography classes until 2010. Okay. So I actually did not go to school for photography. I actually went to Purdue University mm-hmm. um, for golf course construction and management. Okay. So my career for 20 years was building golf courses and landscaping and owned a business doing that and okay. traveled the country um, building golf courses. So it came about in 2010, my wife bought me a class. I was currently living in Indiana. My wife bought me a class here at the Chicago photography classes with Richard Mm -hmm. because I mainly wanted to get better pictures of uh, our soon to be daughter uh, that was going to be born soon. Okay. And I was always interested in photography, but you know, just like everybody else picking up a camera, you're in auto mode and you're like, okay, flash pops (laughs) up, terrible shot, you know? Yeah. Um, You can buy a camera off the shelf. So I got involved in that uh, and really enjoyed the class 
really enjoyed the atmosphere at the school and enjoyed Richard. And Richard and I got along for um, quite a number of uh, quite a number of years. But I began taking more and more classes. Mm -hmm. And eventually he asked me to start teaching. Now, knowing this, at the same time, I was still running my golf course business and taking classes in photography. So I started teaching part time and teaching Lightroom, teaching basic photography. Mm -hmm. Um, And the amount of material that you also learn by teaching others is pretty extraordinary. Uh, um, But it wasn't until uh, about 2013, 2014, Mm -hmm. where I had to make a life decision. When we had our daughter, I was still running the golf course business and and I would take Brianna, our daughter, and drive her to Indiana every day from Chicago. And that's where I work. So she would be jumping in the car seat at 4 a.m., I would drive to Indiana, pick her back up from the daycare at 5 p.m., bring her back to Chicago. Wow. Okay. Did this straight for three years. Yeah. And finally, I was like, you know what? This is, you know, this is terrible for me. It's terrible, certainly for Brianna. Mm. She's got to start school soon. We had to make a decision. So at that point, I decided to sell the, um, the golf course business. And um, that was a big decision. Um, and I was just going to be a stay-at-home dad in Mm -hmm. Chicago. And at that same very time, Richard, um, when I decided, Richard had asked me, he became sick, Mm -hmm. He became sick with cancer. And he asked if I would take over the school if whenever he died. And so I had to decide there at that point, that crossroad is all right, stay at home, dad, take over another business. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to obviously take over another business. I mean, you yeah. gotta you know, stay at home with kids or work. Okay, we'll work. <laughs> sure. Um, and <laughs> and so literally, I sold. I I sold the golf course company on December thirty first, twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. and bought the school on January 1st, 2015. So I was, I think I was unemployed for about six hours. Oh, wow. (laughs) During that time. Um, But um, Richard passed away in November of 2014. And uh, from there, we just started growing. Um, I, my first objective when we took over the school was customer service, student support Mm -hmm. and growth. Those are my objectives. Um, we started off with only about four classes. Um, and that was basically basic DSLR, you know, somewhat advanced DSLR, a show class, mm-hmm. and had a total of about 40 students. Okay. And today, um, just fast forwarding to today, and we'll kind of talk more about how we got there. Mm-hmm. Today, we currently have 29 different classes. That's um, we have 19 instructors, we have 50 volunteer instructors, and we have, have 
We have about currently coming into the school for this new session starting this weekend. Um, so it's been a pretty rapid growth over mm -hmm. the past years. Um, and that's, that's a little bit where I'm at. That's amazing. So, I mean, I'm, I've been scrolling just as you're speaking, I've been scrolling through your Instagram. So were you ever interested in the photography before this? Because for someone to be on golf no, courses no. and doing the golf course thing and then driving to Indiana and back and then taking over a school and then producing work like this, was there ever an interest from you before then? Was there ever a creative endeavor that you were trying at the time or before the, before all of this? Certainly there was, uh, there was creative endeavor, right? Um, there just wasn't the knowledge behind it. Mm -hmm. um, I remember certainly I started with film, started playing around with film, but really didn't know a whole lot, enjoyed photography. Mm. And I'd used photography in golf courses. You know, when you're building golf courses and shaping golf courses and working with architects, it's all about composition, um, it's obviously about the game, but it's also about composition. Sure. So I used photography also to record that composition and create composition mm -hmm. um, while working with golf. Um, and it kind of worked hand in hand, uh, photography and landscaping and creating golf courses. Yeah. Um, in that fact. Okay. So I really didn't know any great background until starting mm -hmm. taking classes. Yeah. It's a, the interesting thing to me, and I mean, we will uncover this as we go, but the, the school, I've been lucky enough to get to very different schools and clubs, both in South Africa and abroad with the travels and stuff. There's something unique about that school. From the first time I walked in there, I told you this is, it feels different. And just on the website of who we are, there's this one thing, which I would love your thought on. Um, the centerpiece um, photo one class always revolved around the psychological relationship between the photographer and the subject and still remains a strong component. Break that down for me. What does that mean? So what we like to do in photo one is not only get the students comfortable with their camera, like getting them comfortable getting out of auto mode, getting them used mm. to aperture priority and some of the uh, mm. semi-manual modes, Um that's one, the technical aspect, but we also want to get them comfortable how it feels to photograph people. Yes. And so we, we want them not only to be behind the camera, but we also pair them up to be in front of the camera as well so that they know the relationship between how a subject is feeling being photographed mm -hmm. and also the feel of being behind that camera. Golden. So I think that when we teach that, a lot of students get nervous about being paired up with a stranger. Yeah. But it's always nice. And we've we've had so many relationships, long-term relationships develop from that project um, that I still remember when I took photo one years and years ago, I remember my partner and going through that uh, and still have contact with my partner that when we did that assignment and photographed each other mm -hmm. um, and had to produce this assignment that kind of kept you out of your comfort zone, got you out of your comfort zone, mm -hmm. but you learned so much with mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I mean, I want, to, I want to break down the photo one, two, three, and what it is. Just a question that popped up now. What do you, because we're speaking about photo one, two, what do you makes a good photograph? Let's just go, what is it that makes a good photograph? Is it a simple answer? Uh, boy. Um, 
<laughs> no, I don't think it's a simple answer. What makes a good photograph very subjective? Um, I think a good photograph is to each individual what pulls their emotion. Um, it's an emotional connection with mm -hmm. that image that you're taking, whether it be a landscape, whether yeah. it be a wildlife or bird photography, whether it be a portrait. Um, you want to be able to express your emotion mm -hmm. through that image. Yeah. Um, and when an individual other than yourself can get that same feeling of that emotion. Love it. Um, whether it's serenity, whether it's intense, whether it is um, peace, graphic in nature. Yeah. yeah, peaceful. If they can get that, that's what creates a good photograph yeah. in my book. I'm, um, I'm lost for the person who, we who were, said this. Go ahead. Sorry, no, there's a quote. I, I'm, I don't know who it is, but something in the line of, you can only photograph well the things you truly love. And I can't remember who said it, but there's something in that to me where I've had wildlife and nature photographers coming on a trip to the Masamara or to Iceland, whatever, and they photograph incredibly well. But then when you put them in a different genre, like uh, a wedding or a portrait, they fall apart. So just to loop this back for photo one, two, three, four, um, and I could highly recommend people check it out. We'll talk about it towards the end. But how does that break down? Is it genre specific or does the base photographic knowledge just grow from one up? How does that, how is that broken down? So the core class is all basic information so that it is not specific to a, a specific genre mm -hmm. of photography. It is how the curriculum basically works through the school is start with photo one, two, and three. Photo one, two, three is basically photo one teaches you um, aperture priority, looking to see the light. Mm -hmm. We do all of it in black and white processing because I believe to learn the light, mm -hmm. to learn how to develop, you really want to see the color to things. Things become much more complicated. Mm -hmm. um, so that's photo one. Photo two gets much more comp uh, technically where you're going to really know the ins and outs of your camera. Color gets introduced, getting correct color in camera, working with mm -hmm. white balance. And then photo three is basically, I always call photo one, photo two, getting your bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. Photo three is basically your master's where you get to have fun. Nice. Um, and photo three is a project based. So the students will spend seven weeks, the whole session, creating a, a, um, a whole storyline of a project that they enjoy, a theme. Of their and choosing. every week they have two of their choosing. Mm -hmm. And every week they have to produce three printed images. And we'll talk about wow. prints in a little bit. Mm -hmm. we're, we're big on printed images for critique every week, for student critique and peer mm -hmm. critique every week. And, and in photo three, they see how they grow every week because we describe, you know, we go through critique and you learn so much uh, through critique. And then we talk about those images and how mm. to improve them every week. And so by the end, not only are they very comfortable with printing large format, we're talking 13 by 19 and 24 by 36. Oh, wow, yeah. um, but they've also got a really solid 
start to a good project that they've created. Mm. So if so if someone I, and I'm specifically thinking because a lot of my clients who's traveled on. with us would would be listening to this. So and, and most of them are pretty well, uh, well they're very um, competent with their cameras. Would it make sense then to what you're saying if they were to look at advancing to jump into like a photo three? Or would they have to start? How does that work? If someone comes with previous experience, can they just jump into photo three and go from there? They certainly can. Yeah. As long as they're comfortable with the basics, photo three is a great place to start because you're really, no matter how advanced you are, you can gain so much from photo three uh, mm. because of the critique and because yeah. not only of the critique, but it's from the other students. Mm. And we've had students take photo three over and over and over and over again because the I class see. changes every single time because it's the dynamic of the student body mm. and the critique and the different themes that you learn so much about. Mm. It's a great thing. Question for you. I mean, I know that like on trips, so we do, and you and I spoke a little bit about this a, a month or so ago in Chicago, but the the teaching that my guys do is a lot of situational stuff. So it's in the field. It's there's a line. What do we do? The background is this, change it. It's moving and so on and so forth. When we then get back to the lodge or the media center, whatever it might be, there's always some kind of critique. And there's always some people who they're very hesitant to get critique because it's some some photographers think of their images as their babies. I mean, and nobody wants to get told how ugly their baby is, right? How do you manage that in a class situation? Because again, just to just to reiterate, the mood and the vibe of your school is something I haven't experienced anywhere before. And I take my hat off to what you've created there. But just some advice for people out there, how to give critique and how to take critique. So the very first day of any of my classes, because photo one, photo two, photo three, every class we go through critique. Mm -hmm. And we really train our critique. And the first day that I talk to the students in every class is I tell them, I'm not your mother. Not every photograph that you produce is going to be awesome. It's yes. going to go on my refrigerator. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> sure. um, however, um, I am not going to tell you your photos complete shit. That's not going to happen. However, I may yep. tell your photo is complete shit, but mm. let's try and fix it. And this so is what? how we're going to do it. Yes. So it's, it's, they have to understand that to do a proper critique is not to say, that's a great photo. You know, that's a really nice photo, Bill. I'm really proud of you. Mm -hmm. That doesn't teach them anything. No. You know, that may make them feel good for five minutes. Sure but it doesn't teach them anything. Yes. And, um, but by, as soon as they understand that um, we are there, all of our instructors are there to help them on their journey, mm -hmm. not to bash them. Yep. You know, they understand that. And mm -hmm. it, they find it so rewarding mm -hmm. to go through that critique. Most little side point, I just um, taught a Photoshop intro class. So we had 10 students at the school teaching um, just introductory Photoshop. I would say most of the time, 80% was filled with just critiquing their assignments every week and how much they learned. Because mm -hmm. by showing them what they did wrong, they learned so much. Mm -hmm. And same with critiquing prints. You can do the same. Yeah. 
I, th- I think the good thing there is, and this is something, look, I mean, social media is a very different beast, but the, the negativity on there is just remarkably loud and it's bad. I think in a situation like what you have and what we create on a trip, it's a safe space and the critique is backed up by a value proposition. It's like, hey, Jerry, listen, this is not, this is a shit image, but here's why. So if you did this, if you did that, so there's always that value proposition at the back end of it, um, which, which to me again, and I've had, I've had the privilege of traveling with one or two of your students. I'm thinking of, I mean, Joe comes to mind. Josh was with me in Iceland recently, and who else? Um, David Wrigley, is it David? Yeah, Bill. Yeah, Dave. Yes. Dave's been with you. Mm. Uh, Bill mm. has been with you. Yeah, and and. And what I found is all of them are very, they do their own thing and they're confident and comfortable. But when you, when they engage, they definitely listen and you can see that they understand. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to bash you. This is a value proposition. I think that's a great thing of how you've created that. I want to quickly jump. You mentioned Photoshop. So I, I take it then from a course point of view, there's Photoshop and Lightroom. Do you see those as two separate entities that get taught and do they come together again? Or how does that, how do you guys module that? They do. Um, so yes to both of your questions okay. is we do teach them separately. So um, every class has some sort of like photo one, we teach Lightroom, basics of Lightroom. Photo two, we teach advanced Lightroom. Photo three, oh. we get in the basics of Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And then from there, um, they can take students who really want to get in-depth Lightroom. They can take an in-depth Lightroom class. Uh, they can take a uh, Photoshop class, you know, two separate. And then they can all come together. We have a class called the Ultimate Workflow that utilizes how you work from importing your photos into Lightroom mm-hmm. to editing the raw images in Lightroom, then transferring them to Photoshop and then getting them back into Lightroom, a whole workflow process. So there's multiple post-processing classes Mm -hmm. that students can kind of pick from. Mm -hmm. And then finally it all comes together. Mm -hmm. So so if I'm, I'm listening to this now, so someone's come with me to Svalbard or whatever, and they think, Hey, I need to do this. Is there like a one-stop package that they can phone you up and say, Hey, Nick, listen, I heard you on the podcast. I want to do, like a best of photo one, Lightroom printing, whatever. Is there something like that? Or is it more custom to each person's requirements? It's certainly custom. Uh, um, if, if they were to come to me first, like they just went on a trip with you and they wanted to, I would say photo three is number one. Okay. That would be, they get a, a great ask everything critique, photo theme, Photoshop, advanced Lightroom. They get nice. everything all okay. in that one package. Um, if they're just looking for post-processing, then I would be pushing them towards the ultimate workflow, which is Lightroom Advanced to Photoshop and other programs like Luminar, um, Luminar Neo and Topaz. We also Mm -hmm. put in that program. Okay. And the one that's very fascinating to me, because I saw some of it, I think when I was there, not, not now, just before COVID as well. And we spoke a bit about it now leading up to the Mara. But it's something that I think every single one of my clients from a wild eye point of view can have value from is the printing thing. Because I, and, I, and I'm not even making, I'm trying to think now, on every single trip for the last 10, 12 years that I've hosted, there's always the conversation. What do you do with your images? And I keep on saying to them, you have to print, you have to do something with it. Otherwise, you're sitting with a hard drive with a bunch of files and what? So the conversation for me and my guys comes up on every single safari 
Then people are like, okay, they want to print and they leave there all like, rah, rah, we're going to do this. But then you touch base with them three weeks later and they don't know where to start. What does the print class involve? So we have multiple print classes, but um, we are huge on printing at the school. So every class, they learn to print. Throughout the school, we have uh, we have 11, 17 inch wide or uh, 13 inch wide Epson. Oh, wow. We have four inch wide Epsons. We got 44 inch wide Epson, all Epson uh, printers. And so we teach these students you know, obviously how to print and you see so much more through the print. Mm -hmm. um, you critique so much better through the print. Um, but when students want to display their work, it's always in print form. And so we created and hired John Granada, who he is our print master. And uh, he teaches multiple levels of printing, whether it be just the basics of printing to large format printing. But there is certainly a different process that we do and that we teach in Lightroom and in Photoshop. It's a huge difference between putting it on Instagram and putting mm -hmm. it to print, whether you're printing on your own printer sure. or whether sending it out to a, you know, outsourcing that print. Mm -hmm. um, because through Instagram, through your computer monitor, through your websites, all of your images are being backlit. And they're, they look vibrant and they look backlit. And if you were to take that same image and send it out to, who knows, like uh, White House or send it out to MPEX, mm -hmm. you know, one of those large, you're going to be highly disappointed when it comes back because mm -hmm. prints are not backlit. Mm -hmm. They are light absorbing. So it's reflected light. So we teach the students how to convert that backlit image so that it, it has that same feel and that same look for when it's printed. Mm. I think you, you hit it on the, on, on the head there. I mean, that's exactly what people say. They're all happy for Instagram and they do the whole thing, but then they either print and it comes back and they're like, no, I'm not doing this again. So is it then viable? Because yep. I know when I, when I was with you guys a couple of weeks ago, you showed me your home studio where you're doing remote training from. Um, and... So people who want to do photo three, that I'm assuming they can do on an online course, yes? What about the printing side of it? Yes. Is that possible? Yes. That is certainly possible. Oh, so you do the Oh, yeah, printing? because How it's would all that work? Of, so it's, uh, you know, all of our classes, you know, during COVID, we, we were a little ahead of the game in COVID. We went online about a month before COVID even oh, wow. began. So it kind of gave us a jump start into COVID. But however, um, the print class works really well online because it's all through Photoshop and it's all through Lightroom and learning the settings mm -hmm. and how to look at your photo, not necessarily from a backlit perspective, mm -hmm. but from a light absorbing perspective. Yeah. Um, so that can all be taught certainly online and we do teach printing class online and same with photo three and while photo three is really heavy on print and critique mm. how we do it online is obviously through critique but it's also on zoom so we're sharing each other's screen we're sharing each other's photos and we're critiquing them mm -hmm. off of the photos via mm -hmm. digital 
Yeah, that's a, I think that that's a great thing. I mean, we when when COVID started, we immediately because my guys are always in the field. So suddenly, and we we actually did it more to keep them busy, and we didn't think of the value proposition. But we started doing webinars, and every guy had to do two a week, and that's kind of how we got through that. And we saw the appetite for it. It's just we as a safari operator and a private guided. That's our, that's our speciality. So for you guys to be able to plug in and for us to say, go and do the printing with them. And again, any of my wildlife clients listening, go and check it out. I'll put all the descriptions in the in the captions here, but it's highly recommended because you know what? To me, holding, I mean, and for some people have never held their own print. They've never held, and some people have been shooting for seven, eight years and they've never held a print of their own. That's quite sad. It's painful. Yeah, that's, painful. that's painful. I mean, it's, uh, you know, taking the picture is half, half the creation. Mm-hmm. It's the other half is creating the print. hundred percent. So now where's the school going? Where do you see this in five years from now? Are there new modules you want to add? Are you, exp- what, what's the, what's the plan? Oh, we're, we're, um, currently, uh, certainly expand, expanding session to session. Mm-hmm. Um, I would see that we are um, completely international. We're national, certainly based on online right now, Canada, mm-hmm. even some uh, European countries. We have students from uh, taking online classes, but mm-hmm. certainly want to expand that, want to bring in more instructors, want to um, create a larger community. We have such a strong mm-hmm. community right now. And it's such a good feeling. You know, you've seen it. Everybody that comes into our door and that visits um, via online Mm. gets that feeling because I will never, um, my business model is never to teach via video. I I just can't do that. Uh, I just can't. I want to be live. I want to be, have that interaction. Mm. I do not want any of our students to turn off their video you know, during a Zoom class, yes. I'm like, let's see that interaction. You got to have that interaction. Mm. And that's what's key. Um, I never want to have a class on Zoom more than 10 people um, because I want it to feel like you're in a classroom. Yes. I want you to get to know every student. Mm. So that, I don't want to lecture to large people. And mm. that's that's going to continue down the road. Mm. So, so what you're saying is with the expansion, if I'm ever looking for a job, I'm going to come and apply and I can be one of your lecturers of it. I like that. That sounds like a plan. Good, good. Just, just making some notes. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, at least you have a backup plan now for you. R- rapid expansion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and tell me, so, so I mean, when you and I were talking, you, you do a lot of photography yourself on a personal level and you go out at, yes. which some might say quite ridiculous hours of the morning, you take your dog with, and you guys go and photograph what do you look for when you go out in the morning? Do you go to the same spots? Do you always focus on the same areas? What is it that you are photographing every day when you go out? Light, <laughs> short, the light. Answer. Good answer. Uh, um, no, certainly. I I love um, I love all types of genre of photography. I am certainly one that I will dabble in um, everything, maybe except for weddings. Um, but I love landscapes. I love cityscapes. I love macro. Um, I love bird photography. Wow. Um, but when Dexter and I go out at three o'clock in the morning, (laughs) we are tending to look 
we tend to go to the same spots. Um, if we're here in Chicago, I'll tend to visit the spots, but the amount of change that you can have on a day by day basis is pretty mm. outstanding. Yeah. And uh, yeah, some people call me crazy going out, but it, I also call it therapy. You know, some people work out every morning um, and that is their kind of their therapy session. Yeah. I go out and I find it very rewarding whether I get shot or whether I don't. Yeah. I love, I love that. I mean, I, I mean, I've got a sideline life and performance coaching business and I recently spoke to someone about that where, and you're coming to the morrow with us this year, your wife and the kids and everybody. And to me, the, and, and you'll see this, that it's very quick. Sometimes the, the, there's a lion running, you got to go, 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 change, change, change. And then I only started really going down the landscape photography route, maybe a year and a half ago. And it's because of Iceland. Well, two years, maybe since Iceland. And I went to a little place called Hogs Back in South Africa. When you guys come and visit one day, I'm taking it is phenomenal. They've got 115 little waterfalls and stuff. It's stunning. And I went out there one morning early, not three o'clock, maybe like five o'clock. And on my own in this little river up to my knees in water, photographing the slow, sh the slow shutters of the sunrise and the whole thing with the water. And it struck me in that moment that this is probably the most and without going too deep, but like at peace, my head's been for a while because I'm standing there. I focus on getting everything right. And then you stop and you let the camera do its thing. And it's that moment where you've created. Now you just pause. That pause to me is a beautiful thing. And if I look at your photography, a lot sure. of the stuff, there's some amazing Chicago shots. Here. I mean, I'll, I'll put your Instagram in the captions as well, but there's a lot of that, which is self-paced and it is, it's definitely a self-care vibe. People that people who don't photograph, who don't do photography might not get it. But it's one hundred percent a therapy vibe. It is, it is hundred percent. It's hundred percent. I don't do it to sell pictures. I don't do it to do any of that. I do it for myself, and I do it also to help education. Also, mm -hmm. because I use a lot of those photos to educate the students and yeah. and help that. Um, but certainly, it's uh, therapy. Mm. And we mentioned um, you might be going to Iceland soon to go and check that out, yeah? Yeah, um, so heading uh, heading over there in March of this year with a couple of uh, photograph buddies. Um, and uh, we're going to cruise around there for about a week. Um, probably not get a wink of sleep, um, but that's always a good trip. Do you, do you know which areas you're visiting yet or are you going to self-drive it? Um, we've got, uh, one of my other friends is in charge of the whole itinerary because he's been there a couple of times. Mm -hmm. So I said, ice caves, speech, all the big spots, and we'll hit all the big spots because it'll be my first, mm. first time going to Iceland. Um, and I'm sure it won't be my last time going to Iceland. Mm -hmm. Uh, but want to hit all the big spots first. So it'll be, you know, six days of mad dashing from mm. spot to spot yeah I've, I've said this recently again because i was as you know i was there in december and i say this to someone where you, there is literally if you're driving you can almost stop your vehicle anywhere and you'll be able to make images and not shitty images pretty decent stuff it's a it's a remarkable place it is absolutely remarkable um i can't wait to see what you guys get up to there and then not to jump too far ahead because we're going to do another podcast maybe a month or so from now um, Masamara, how much do we, how much do we tell people about that now? 
Um, well, exciting stuff coming along. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I think that that's what we will, we have already said that I'm heading out there with my wife mm-hmm. and the kids, yeah. um, come August, late August this year. Yes. But, um, we are certainly got big plans for 2024 with the school and the Mara. Mm-hmm. And uh, wildlife, yep, or wildlife. Sorry, and and uh, so it'll be it'll be good. Mm. So any any of the school people, if you guys listen to this, stay tuned. Make sure um you keep in touch with Nick. There's some interesting stuff coming up, and then um yeah, Nick. I mean, for now, just to wrap this one up for you personally, uh, photographic wise, just a couple of random questions. Three spots in the world that you would like to visit to photograph. Uh, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Mara, mm-hmm. guess what? <laughs> we're getting there. Um, and I think Iceland. Mm. That's always been on my bucket list. Checking them off, Fabe. Eh? So I'm gonna uh, knock, <laughs> knock. I'm I'm gonna check two off in uh, 2023. Nice. And um, just I mean, people always want to kind of know this. Not that it's a major, but what kind of gear are you shooting now? What lenses do you use most of the time for your shooting? Um. I am shooting Canon and Olympus. Okay. And your favorite so, lens? If you uh, only have to use one lens, what is it? Hmm. 100 to 500. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so, on my Canon. So for the majority of stuff, I mean, I'm looking through your Instagram feed. Is that mostly 100, 500? No, I mean, um, with I did, I the amount that. of my Astro, yeah. With the amount of astro, the moon photography, um, a lot of what you're going to see on that on my feed will be from the 100 to 500. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think the Canon's RF 100 to 500 is such. I've used it for about a year and a half now. Um, it's an amazing lens, and okay. you know, you pick it and you can shoot with it. Uh, astro landscape uh, portrait. Um, it's just an all around and a lens that you can walk around with and not, yep. not break your back. That's brilliant, man. But now listen, we, like I said, we're going to do this again. And for now though, where can people get hold of you more information on the school? What's the best way to get hold of you guys? So you can certainly email me at Nick N I C K at Chicago photo classes.com. All one word. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely the easiest way to get a hold of me or my Instagram account, which is nick.senate. Um, either one of those would be the way to get a hold of me. That's brilliant. I'll add all of those things in the caption as well. Nick, thank you so very much for your time. We definitely will do this again. And everybody, to you guys listening, please, please, please go and check them out if you're keen on any type of photo. Oh, wait, sorry. One more thing I wanted to ask. There's an iPhone class as well, iPhone photography class. Yes. That is something I recommend you all go and do. I followed a little bit. You guys posted a little bit of it on your Instagram feed maybe a couple of weeks ago. Fascinating. Yes. If I'm ever in Chicago for seven weeks, I'm going to come and do that one. Um, but people ask about that because they want to do photography and they've got the phone. So, guys, please go and check out Nick's work. Go and check out the school. Phenomenal, guys. And stay tuned. We've got some very cool collabs coming up. Nick, you, Nick thank you so very much for your time. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, Jerry. Good talking to you. Good stuff. Thank you. 
Okay, so there you go. Like I mentioned, I will add all the links in there uh, to Nick and the school's Instagram handles as well as the website, and then, of course, Nick's email. So, again, print. If you guys have been listening to us for a while, if you've traveled with us, go and check out their print class. I've been in the school when they're presenting it way back, 2018-19. I've seen the setup. These guys know what they're doing, so please check them out. And uh, you'll definitely be hearing Nick and possibly other people from the school on the podcast down the line, so make sure to check that out. Uh, other than that, I am back in the office. Hopefully get some more episodes out in the next week or so. If you have any specific content or topics you want us to dig into, please send me a message. Uh, Jerry van der Volt on Instagram and then jerry at wildeye.co.za on email. I always look forward to hearing from you. Guys, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for lending me your ears. Good to be back and I will chat to you in the next episode. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wild Eye. Have a good one. Hey.